unpacking the many crises that shape who we are and what we believe in. This is Identity Crisis Collective with Chloe and Jake. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to the Identity Crisis Collective podcast. And we are finally really getting to the crux of this podcast, which is an excuse for Chloe and I to have a huge identity crisis. We are, (laughs) in this week's edition of the show, listening back to and looking back at 90s, late 90s, early 2000s nostalgia, because that's what we were both brought up on, really. Yeah, and that's like, as a result of childhood trauma, I frequently find myself going back to an easier time (laughs) in the early 2000s where I could just be a kid, you know? Yeah, and I realise there's a logical error in how I open this episode by saying we were brought up on that nostalgia. We were brought up in that era. I was brought up mm-hmm. on 1980s nostalgia. Um, and Yeah, I was brought up on 90s nostalgia big. I have young parents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I, I was actually more brought up. This is the weird thing, right? So I was, my parents are children of the 70s, really. And yet, huge, huge 1980s fan. They, they, they genuinely think the world basically, 1989, the world has not been the same since and we might as well just wrap the whole thing up now. Um, <laughs> my first concert, how's the, and we, we'll get to you know our first and those, those sort of things, but my first concert, true story, 2006, it was an arena show in Melbourne and I was the legend Neil Diamond, live in concert. Oh my God. <laughs> it gets better. So the, my favourite song of his, which is one of his biggest singles, was Song Sung Blue. I have no idea what that is. It's a beautiful track. <laughs> mm-hmm. I fell asleep. <gasps> no. Not Neil asleep. Diamond. <laughs> to Neil Diamond. I know. I know. Thoughts and uh, F in the chat. What a lullaby. <laughs> And the thing is, is I missed my favourite song and I was gutted. But as a kid, I kept falling asleep in things. I fell asleep at the Speedway and I've fallen asleep at the Formula One. So I just, I have a habit of of not being, of being asleep and not being reliable. So so when we have a list of shows in front of us that have um, 90s nostalgia and things, bear in mind, I will say that I've seen things. I probably haven't. I probably, probably think I have, and I haven't actually seen them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. My first concert was actually in true, true early 2000s fashion, was Avril Lavigne at, not at an arena, Avril Lavigne at High Point Shopping Center. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in grade prep. I was in, it's 2005. I was in grade prep, and my mum pulled me out of school to go <laughs> see Avril Lavigne. 2005 peak oh my god it was when complicated just came out and we were all oh it was an emotional time it really got to me and i've heard that was her mellow phase too with complicated Um, oh it was she was so like it was angsty but in a new it was a whole different era and it's incredible of all the concerts to pull someone out of school for, and I, I, my parents were never <laughs> like that i never got to have the benefit of leaving school early to go do something cool right Avril Lavigne at High Point, not the one I would have thought. Ah, Jake, you're missing out. Avril Lavigne, honestly, like genuinely, was my goddess. She was everything to me. I was five years old listening to Skater Boy like, she gets me. She totally gets me. Did I know anyone who skated? No, not at all. But did I want to wear a plaid skirt, a bright pink plaid skirt with a white tank top and a red checkered necktie? Absolutely. Absolutely I did. I was five years old and that was the look that I was going for and you couldn't tell me it wasn't hot because Avril Lavigne did it. And yet somehow less problematic than the fact that the pinnacle of her music career was playing complicated at High Point Shopping Centre in 2005. (laughs) Of 
so offended right now. We can't keep talking about this. I'm going to start going through my CD collection now, I think, just to see those songs that definitely have aged badly, number one. But also oh, the oh things the things that we as kids were like bopping along to with absolutely zero context. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were talking before off air about um, Nicki Minaj, because she's in the news with that tweet. Um, uh, I can't. It, it's just an amazing tweet that I'm not reading out on here because uh, I, f- I feel like we're going to get demonetized even though we don't make any money off this podcast. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just i self-conscious, right? It's fair. But we were talking off air about that and then I realised one of the best Nicki Minaj songs is Anaconda and then realised that we were bopping along to that when we were 14. Mm-hmm, absolutely. That can't be good. I- 14 was a year for all of us. I'm going to go ahead and say that because like the music that we were listening to was completely inappropriate. Like that was not okay. I went to like a precursor to this. I did go to Blue Light Discos when I was young. When I was like early teen, probably 10, 11, 12, like Blue Light Discos was exactly where I wanted to be at all times. But I also went to Good Life Music Festival because that no, was like a little no. bit cooler for like a little bit older kids. <laughs> but I was like 14 dropping it low to like Bliss and Esso or something. And it's like, that's not okay. It's not okay. Good Life, I'm glad it was cancelled because that was not a, it wasn't an appropriate environment for like literal children. Like there was children there. I was a child. That's not okay. <laughs> I remember all those. Do you want know to, uh, this is the sad bit because obviously this isn't true, but um, I wasn't the kid that got to go to those sort of things. I didn't really um, have a reason to go to blue light discos and good life. I was, you know, God, no. Um, anyone who knows <laughs> me will, will appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And yet, I remember the age going, oh, it would be nice to go. <laughs> like, why, why would you uh, want? Why? I don't know. Like, being at that age. This is, like, not about 90s nostalgia at all. No. But, like, being at that age and just being, like, I am the pinnacle of cool. I'm the pinnacle of cool right now. Macklemore is on stage in front of me. Hello? Like, that was the time that I'm talking about when Macklemore was relevant. Wow, can't hold us. Hashtag so deep. <laughs> Can we go very back? true, very true. This yeah. is the moment. Tonight is the moment. <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the words. Um, <laughs> I just I picked up a copy of uh, So Fresh, the hits of uh, Winter two thousand and eight, and it comes with wait for it a bonus DVD. Um, <gasps> I I which I watched a thousand times over because it includes the uh, music video to Britney Spears's Break the Ice. Which I think now means I have to legally declare that I watch anime, because um, <laughs> it is it is it is um it's it's practically anime. There is a there is definitely a Tumblr thread about that music video being the invention of anime, and some genuine anime fans <laughs> getting very annoyed by that statement. Oh no! <laughs> There's some um. I just want to read. Anime. I just want to read out some of the songs that are on this CD. Right on the subject mm-hmm. of uh, things that you know we we were getting along to. Track three, Mariah Carey, Touch My Body. I was eight years old. Oh, my old. God. I was eight also. And I would have, like, oh, me and my... Because I had an older sister, right? So, like, the 90s nostalgia things that she would do in the early 2000s were really, like, hitting it hard for me. Like, I was involved in all of that because I just wanted to be her so bad. Yeah. And me and my sister would dance to the most inappropriate songs. It was ridiculous. What's that song? What's that song? Oh, my gosh. There was a moment in my childhood where 
my sister and my cousin were dancing along to a um to like in in their bedroom and um the song take it off don't the same and you know that song no you don't you're gonna have to keep um doing it <laughs> keep going keep to going. monetize um well anyways they would go <laughs> take it off michael clark which tells you all you need to know but i would like sit there and dance <laughs> with them and they would like look at a person like these kids like i'm probably five and they're like 12 like looking at a poster of michael clark on their wall and being like take it up sorry we're talking about michael clark the australian cricketer yes the australian cricketer (laughs) that tells you everything you need to know oh my god of all the i understand that we sexualize sports people a lot but really of all a cricket of all the people i guess like back then maybe he was attractive i have no idea i could not tell you at all Michael Clark, if you're listening, hope you're doing well. <laughs> this is not a Michael Clark slander. Scandal? Scandal? No, 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 we're pro Michael Clark by all means. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is a pro absolutely. Michael Clark podcast, and <laughs> I mean, b- between him and Ricky Ponting, I think we do great things for the Australian cricket team. But, oh, absolutely. You know, bet, I bet literally couldn't tell you one thing about cricket. <laughs> I, I bet you didn't think you'd hear that on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> Kings of Leon, uh, Sex on Fire is track five. Oh, yeah. So Fresh, oh, the yeah. hits of summer 2009. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would sing along to that in the car and go, Yop is on fire, because oh. I didn't want to swear in front of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you go, S-E-X. And yet, S-E-X. And yet it was fine for me to be a dance student dancing along to Grease Lightning, which, of course, has nothing oh, yeah. problematic in the lyrics at all. Not at all, not at all. Ugh, uh, I loved that. That movie was so problematic, but that was my entire childhood. Like, that's all I spent every single day. I would just watch Grease. So, on the subject of things that we spent all day watching, um, I think we have mm-hmm. to pivot to salute the national broadcaster in this country, uh, the ABC, for their amazing stream <laughs> yes. of children's programs. Um, oh, yeah. They are a, a shell of their former self right now, but I think we grew up in the golden age of, of kids' TV. Like, 100%. I agree. I agree very hard because I also think like a lot of them were like super overtly Australian, which is fun because it's like when you live in Australia and you like are constantly, especially as a kid, like constantly being bombarded by like American TV, it's like very easy to lose yourself in that, which I do still because I have no personality aside from what I'm watching on TV. And so having like TV shows be actually Australian and like broadcast in Australia was like a little shout out for us. I love it. And it's, it's super important for representation and people get weird about um, shows with diversity in them and, you know, we, whether that's tokenistic and all that sort of thing. And mm. I mean, like, you can have serious critiques of that, but people get, like, we have the thing with the Wiggles, right? And people getting angry Ugh. about the, the diversity in the Wiggles and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You can see from that clear example that you just gave of how freaking cool it is to see yourself reflected on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm like a white kid. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't care. And guess what? None of us live in a lighthouse and have weird <laughs> stuff happening to us based off a Paul Jennings novel. But you know what? We watched around the twist and we thought, hey, that could be me. It could be. That guy was exactly like my dad. And also, <laughs> that round the twist is getting turned into a, like, a musical on Broadway, I think, yeah, I th- allegedly, which is like good for Australia, honestly. I... I... <laughs> I um I'm skeptical 
I'm not saying I'm skeptical oh. of it happening. I'm skeptical that it'll be good. Of um, it being good, that's fair. But Muriel's wedding was like honestly incredible. Like the stage musical, oh, bravo. Haven't seen, but also I haven't seen the film. Seen the film, that's fair. I wouldn't imagine that you would have, aside from like wanting to watch Australian, like peak Australian media. Yeah, so uh, like people in my family have seen it and love it. It's just not the sort of thing that I really felt an inclination to go and see. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm more it's likely to. It's not my vibe. It's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not. And like, I, look, if it was on, I'd probably watch it. Um, <laughs> so, what does that say about me, ladies and gentlemen? I do not know. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring this back to round the twist for a second. What? And it's it's interesting that you like that's the first thing that came to my mind. I didn't get to travel overseas very much as a kid, and. I know a lot of people that we went to high school did because we the Ugh, school that we yeah. went to. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I can say? I can say I've been inside that goddamn lighthouse. I've been to the top <laughs> of that goddamn lighthouse right outside Aries Inlet. That's and all you know that what? Matters. That that is where I peaked. And I Yeah. I yeah. that is what happens when you go to a state run primary school. That is the experience <laughs> that they give to their students. <laughs> I was just And, and it's it, incredible. It's necessary. There's genuine, there is something really lovely, though, about going somewhere knowing that it, it has some importance to something that really doesn't matter. Like media, yeah. for, the, for something like this, round the twist, it's great. And I'm, like, I, obviously it's important. I'm not trying to say it's not important. But on the scheme of things, my day-to-day life isn't going to be shaped by round the twist. Like unless, <laughs> unless suddenly, you know, my underpants disappear or something. <laughs> But it was so yeah. freaking cool to be there and be like, wow, I could actually picture myself in this TV show. Yeah, it's super cool. I went to the neighbors' houses. I'm sure everyone's been to the neighbors' houses, but like, hello, I'm oh, famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, I, yeah. this street is like just a random street in like <laughs> Hawthorne or something. <laughs> and the amount of people that just like flock there, especially from the UK, because the UK people love us. They are, they go crazy for neighbours. In fact, neighbours pretty much mm-hmm. more or less are still is, broadcasting is just, because yeah. of the UK. So yeah, basically, it's just oh, they go crazy for that stuff here. That's mm-hmm. that's phenomenal, and I mean, same for Home and Away, which I don't understand. Um, I think- yeah, Home and Away is a bit hit or miss for me. <laughs> neighbours is consistently like garbage. Um, what's the type of TV show? Soap opera. Like it's it's pretty consistent yeah but it's it's like it's like good garbage compared to yeah like home brand garbage which is what i would call (laughs) if i was being if i was being critical i'm not (laughs) saying i'm being critical um they should have gone crazy instead for angela anaconda which i think was an amazing television show and probably one of the best ever made Oh my God, it was incredible. I literally, I always forget about like nostalgic TV shows to me because it's like, it's at one point in your life, it's everything to you. Like it is your entire being, but then like you get old and you forget about things. And this person on TikTok called Your Mate Siz, S-I-Z-Z, I don't know why that's their name, but they just post like nostalgic Australian TV shows and stuff like that. Franny's Feet made an appearance on their TikTok. Hello, I haven't thought about Franny's feet in so long, but, like, that is why our generation has foot fetishes. Like, (laughs) you can't tell me otherwise. You can't. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. Try to convince me. I dare you. That's exactly why. Gen Z is messed up because of Franny's feet. (laughs) 
it's true. <laughs> like you can't, there's nothing to say because it's absolutely accurate. Also, the TV show Trapped was terrifying to me, but I've can, never wanted to be on anything more. Okay, can we get a timeout? Um, I'm guessing you're referring <laughs> to the British TV show Trapped with yes, the witch yes. in the tower because there was also yes. an Australian show called <gasps> Trapped, which I loved. It was a, yeah! it was a teen, basically teen drama, um, which I I've, I barely understood, but like. <laughs> There's this like scientific research station somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's in WA somewhere, and these kids are trapped. And honestly, it's called trapped. <laughs> and they got to work out why <laughs> they're trapped. Um, on the same note, I will point out Silver Sun, which I was too like Silver <gasps> Thank Sun. You. Oh my god! I've been trying to think of what that was for so long, and when you just said it, I was like, it all clicked. Oh my god! Thank you. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube, search up the Silver Sun theme song, get it stuck in your head. And um, you'll hate us and never listen to this podcast ever again. (laughs) And you'll leave us a one-star review on Apple Podcasts. But Amazing. The Silver Sun theme song, I think, was robbed of a Grammy that year. It was incredible. (laughs) And it's like shows like that um, and Blue Water High were were great in that I didn't understand them because I was too young. I was like, we were like three or four, maybe five years too young. And they were like 15 and I was, like, not that old. Yeah, I had no yeah, idea what was going st- on. You still think you kind of have a bit of a shot with them, which is so untrue. <gasps> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, especially Blue I Water High. But Blue Water High, like, you can't... That's the whole th- appeal of the show, right? Yeah. You don't watch it for the drama. You watch it because they look kind of hot. Yeah, and they, like, oh, that surf. Age, that, like, really, like, piqued every every Australian's interest in surfing and immediately was diminished on any school camp you ever went on. <laughs> Like straight away, I cannot surf. What do you mean by diminished? Like, as in, I wanted to surf, but as soon as I got up, like, literally went in the water at all, oh, I was I... like, I hate every second of this. <laughs> I don't want to be here. So, so it did great for great in that it got you into surfing. Uh-huh. Until you actually surfed right there. tried day. surfing yeah. and I was like, whoa, this is a lot harder. No one of these people are CGI on their faces. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, it's such a, yeah, and oh, I'm just a big fan. And that, that thing where you see an actor who's been in multiple of these kids' shows and you're going, why is that dude from Blue Water High in Silver Sun? That's really yeah. Jessica Griffey. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, the, on the same vein of shouting out TV shows and shouting out broadcasters, um, the TV strand roller coaster was mm. just the pinnacle Incredible. of my interest in getting into late media, I think, because the format of the show, if you've never if you've never seen it, um we had basically presenter in front of I think a green screen, if not it was a very low key studio setup. Um the guy called Elliot Spencer. And mm. it was this sort of like in between show. So you have the cartoons, but we've only got like four shows to play and we have an hour and we gotta we gotta fill the hour out somehow. So we'll get this guy on camera to you know fill in time because we don't have ad breaks on the ABC. So we gotta do mm-hmm. something. And it was very it was it wasn't like high energy anarchic. It was just really engaging and it treated oh, for real. it like it treated kids with so much respect. Mm-hmm. And it didn't try, and this is the thing I think where children's TV goes wrong now, is that either goes so far down the trying to be cool that it's so painfully uncool, or it goes down the opposite path and it tries to bring the children down to a, like a low, like it tries to infantilize you. Mm. This treated everyone with respect. It was this show of like, hey, we're just oh, going to yeah. have some fun for an hour. And we'll try and do some. I'll do some funny jokes, or I'll get the um, surfing scientist in, and we'll do some science stuff. And it's just fun. It oh, was just so fun. Much fun. And oh, the 
this here's something that no kid who's about you know a year, two or three years younger than us will actually understand. Putting a VHS tape into a VCR, setting the timer <laughs> to record um, probably problematic cartoon series now that I think about it, so I won't say which one, um, and then going off for a swimming lesson. <laughs> so that was me every Tuesday. It was my routine. That was not me at all. And it was, so you go, I don't man. know anything. That's me literally us being less than a month apart in birth time and me being like, no, I don't. I mean, I used VHSs frequently, but did I ever think to record anything? Absolutely not. My brain didn't work at that capacity yet. I was like basically barely learning ABCs. Like, I don't know how to do that. I want to see... As a nine-year-old, I want to go and watch this TV show, but I also want to go for a swim. How do I... Well, I have <laughs> to go for a swim. I didn't really want to go for a swim at that point. But anyway, I have to go for a swim. Right. What What can I do to mitigate this disaster? <laughs> it was just... It was such a golden age. And what I what I find amazing... And, and it's not really amazing because when you get into media, you realise that most people stick around somewhere, right? Because they don't have any transferable skills, let's be honest. And what I love... <laughs> Is Elliot Spencer of roller coaster fame is now basically head of commissions for one of the major um, publishers, like, like production companies in Australia. Um, we love that. Which is just it's just incredible to from uh, uh, yeah I, I I love it and shows that you know you can go from um, making iconic children's TV to greenlighting bullshit like Married at First Sight. So <laughs> may, maybe we'll let that bit slide. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just, yeah, I love the trajectory. I love the trajectory. I love yeah. the... You know the other thing, though, that really sticks out is just the amount of bloody detail and just the quality of the animated series that we got. And mm-hmm. it was like, you don't have to make a show like Total Drama Island where oh, just it, the level of comedy yes. in it is clearly aimed at a level so far above most of the audience. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You can do what a lot of kids' shows do now, which is treat kids like they're absolute babies. And that would have been fine. But no, they went a level above that. And the animation, yeah. like this, the way that characters react to things, you almost feel like it's real. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. And this is like on Australian TV budget. Like this is not like incredible yeah. US, like huge production company like budget like this is australian tv budget which is like pennies basically if but, we're gonna be real and they all had to do like a, a lot of them they had to have like cross production like they have to you know this was made with this australian company and this british company or this canadian company because mm-hmm. no one can afford to make tv yeah. shows in this in these markets they're too small true, so we'll pull our resources true. together um, but then they, you know, they gave us Caillou, so maybe, maybe we shouldn't be dealing with Canada or anything. <laughs> I don't understand the like hatred of Caillou because, but I feel like it was like a little bit too young for us. Like we were just leaving that era of like watching at that time and stuff like that when Caillou was like out here vibing. Speak so I have yourself. no idea what the Speak drama yourself. is with Caillou. Everyone, I mean, that's very <laughs> true. I, I am like messed up in the head, and I spent a lot of time like watching Dora the Explorer way after I was. Supposed to be. <laughs> oh god, I've got no. I won't. I won't I'll say that for the patrons. Um, <laughs> so Caillou, right? This is the thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand it. I think it is almost a bit of the sort of Bernstein Bears thing, where everyone thinks they remember it being worse than it is. Oh but, right. But 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 with that set, 
Um, he is so real. He's so freaking annoying. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's that thing of, and, and I realize this because I've read some, some people's opinions on it, but from people who are like parents and because this was, you know, they're, they're just wrapping up production now, but they've still been making episodes for a number of years now. And so people who've, who have, you know, got really young kids now have had to sit through it. And it's the fact that the most minor inconvenience happens and the dude just starts bawling his eyes out. And that's not realistic <laughs> at all. No one has a minor inconvenience and then start, oh my God, it's me. Not me. <laughs> Oh. Not me. <laughs> oh, I, I would never. <laughs> I get it now. Uh, just... <laughs> Cracked oh. the code. Cracked the Caillou code. Caillou is a mentally ill 20-something. <laughs> that explains it. Oh, no. And honestly, he raised us. He he walked so we could run. <laughs> he... <laughs> he sobbed so we could cry. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For every, but for every show like that, you have so many memories and I just feel like I'm probably not really contributing much by just going, hey, remember this show. But <laughs> I remember this. I just, <laughs> it was just such a great time. and I, It was. And it was like really the heartstrings. Like when I think about that time, it's like, uh, it was just like so simple and just like fun. Like I just got to come home from school and put on ABC and live my best life. And that was it. And then I went to sleep. Yeah, whereas now everything's about, here we go, here we go. Here's the old here man. Here we go. Here's the old man. Someone's old. <laughs> These kids are using their iPads and their TikToks <laughs> and their Instagrams, and I don't understand what any of it's about, quite frankly. <laughs> but, you know, it's that thing of, there feels like there was an innocence there, and there absolutely wasn't. Mm. It's all crap. But True. And a comment, hello. Yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're, blurring the, we're blurring the years quite a bit. However, <laughs> we all thought there was a sense of innocence and a sense of purity yeah. and, you know, this was good for us and all that stuff. That it wasn't. I mean, su- soup opera exists. Like, <laughs> soup opera, <laughs> you know, like. True. That, and that was fine. That terrified people. And I loved it as a kid. I vibed because. <laughs> of course you did. Those, that was the best thing that's come out of France. Um, that and the protest. The two <laughs> best things that's ever come out of France. Um, but it, it just, there was this sense of, you know, everyone did the same thing. Everyone came home and watched cartoons uh-huh. like this. Yep. The, the rich kids went and watched SpongeBob on Foxtel um, or went and sat through <laughs> whoever the hell was on Nickelodeon. And people every now and then go, oh, that, that dude and that other dude who did this thing on Nickelodeon, do you remember that? And I go, nah, my parents were bored. <laughs> nah. Sorry. <laughs> I was bored. Thank you very much. I actually had Foxtel, <laughs> but yeah. very early on. And then my parents were like, oh, this is a waste of money. <laughs> and then they got rid of it. And I was like, I just wanted to know what happens on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> oh, you've just unlocked a whole <gasps> repressed set of memories, oh, which no. is... Okay, online flash games, right? So you know, the cl- the cl- oh the- my god, I know exactly what you're going to talk right. about. I'm so, so like, excited. We've got the club penguins and that of the world, right? We don't even need to mention that. How many bloody Nickelodeon shows had uh-huh. flash mm-hmm. game tie and uh, Disney mm-hmm. Channel shows had flash mm-hmm. game tie-ins? And I've I've played so games good. as a, as a as a you know like six seven year old. I played so many games for TV shows that I couldn't and didn't watch. But I'm out here. <laughs> I think there were Drake and Josh games. Like, oh, there I was think- absolutely. There was so like they there was like the Disney Channel website, and they had 
all of the games were everything, including, here's an embarrassing story about Chloe, <laughs> including a whole High School Musical 2, just an entire, because this was like the time, I don't know, High School Musical 2 came out in like 2008 or something. This was like the whole time of, of High School Musical 2. And they had a whole section dedicated to High School Musical 2. They had yearbooks that you could write in for like the different characters and stuff like that. I was so sure that Sharpe Evans was looking into her yearbook every day, that every single day, as soon as I would come home from school, no one else is allowed to touch the computer, no one look at me, no one talk to me. I have <laughs> to write on Sharpe Evans' yearbook saying, you are my idol. I have to. Otherwise, how was she going to know? <laughs> and that is like... The most, like, that really shows that I was a very lonely child and I was very bad at socialising with people. (laughs) (laughs) Poor thing. I needed, like, I, oh, I just needed it so bad. And and those games, like, really, that was my entire life. Like, as soon as I got home from school, the good thing was that most of the time my parents, like, worked full-time. So it was just me and my sister. And my sister had, like, phones. So she could, like, go off into her room and she had, like, cool stuff and I would just like go on the family computer and like tell Sharpe that she was my idol which she was and still is to this day she was I can't talk about it me getting emotional over like a random Disney Channel character but she showed me that femininity is okay and it's okay to be like like pink that's an all right thing to do and also it's okay to follow your dreams even if you have to push other people out of your way big Capricorn (laughs) energy coming from Sharpay right there but like is it wrong is she wrong was she wrong she wasn't so sorry about it sorry Vanessa loser can I talk about love calculators yet or do I have to keep (gasps) silence yes Yes, please. I just, I just remember they exist, and I'm trying. To, I'm trying. <laughs> the thing is, I'm blanking on exactly which show. It was a, it was a Disney Channel something. Was the ones? Yeah, I, I know, I know what you're talking about. I had a Bratz one that came on a oh, special Bratz okay. USB. Oh no, I, I've seen. No, do you know what I've seen? There's a Barbie one. There was definitely a Barbie one on the oh. internet. I've definitely... Barbie was garbage. You either were raised on Barbie or Bratz, and if you were raised on Barbie, I'm sorry, but you're like, there's, you're not okay. I am just reminiscing on the thought process that you have as an eight-year-old without a mobile phone, which is that one day I will have the Kim Possible ringtone. And the, oh reali- the reality is, no, you won't, because by the time you get a phone, dude, you're like 14 and everyone's moved That's on. really sad for you, actually. I had an older sister, which meant I got every single one of her hand-me-down phones, which means I got texts constantly from her friends <laughs> That I didn't know and I'd be like, every single day at least like five times would be, no, this is Chloe. Nicola got a new phone <laughs> like 15 times a day. That was like peak being a child, like a younger <laughs> child. It was exclusively hand-me-downs. Everything I had was hand-me-downs. Except for Tamagotchis. I was not allowed to have Tamagotchis. I'm still really upset about it because my sister got to have Tamagotchis, but I didn't get to. And I don't understand why. It's like my parents thought it was too much responsibility for me, which it was, and it still is to this day. But like, also, let me live. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm traumatized. If you got to have your little rant about Sharpay, I have to have my little rant about Tamagotchis. They were... Yay! They were everything for me in like the early <gasps> years of primary school, man. I they wish. Were, I was big into, I was like, I had like six of them and had a habit of like the new generation would come out and I'd buy it and then I'd, oh my God. I'd try and look after like four or five of them at once and I'd have them on a lanyard around my neck and I'd take them to school. 
That is everything I ever wanted. That was it's, like that. You're living the dream. They're still here somewhere. Oh, did we? Th- we may. I don't know. They were definitely there. Like once I sort of turned like eighteen, we pulled them out of the cupboard. It was quite adorable. I think they're still here somewhere. <laughs> um, I'll try and fish them out. But yeah, that was a huge thing for me. And I love um, that. And I and then then it became so popular that schools started banning them. Um, That's in. I literally have like an article that I was looking through of 43 things that Australian 90s kids know to be true, even though I'm not a 90s kid. And I know a lot of these things and it's a very big trigger for me. Us us 90s kids here. Shut up. We all know these things, Chloe. Because we're born in the cry. 90s. But they, they banned them. Last because... episode didn't make me cry. I will cry. <laughs> yeah. cry. <laughs> Sorry, you thought last episode was emotional. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, they started banning them because that's what kids would do, would become obsessed with Tamagotchis. And you know what? What's funny, I don't have Tamagotchis now. My grades are bad. I had Tamagotchis in primary school. My grades are good. All I'm saying exactly. is I need another Tamagotchi. I think that's the... Um... I think that that's the, that's the <laughs> underlying issue here is that we don't have Tamagotchis anymore. We got Tiktok and Instagram and all of this stuff. But like Tamagotchis, it was a whole other... Oh, like, it was who's a level the old man now? Who's the old man Oh my man God, now? I literally could not have been imitating you harder because <laughs> I hate... Oh my God, I hate more than anything when old people are like... Kids these days and they're blah, 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 blah. Okay, firstly, get off my back because I can do whatever I want. Because fun fact, I am in Gen Z, but I'm also a fully grown adult, which means I can spend all my day on TikTok and no one can tell me what to do anymore. Not you, mom, not you, dad, not you, grandma. Sucks to be you guys because I do what I want now. And that's the really the perk of being in Gen Z (laughs) is that I am not a millennial, which millennials, like we all know, they're just like the attention seeking middle child at this point. I'm not a millennial, but I'm not like young enough to be like, I know Cole Sprouse from Riverdale, you know, like I'm not that young. (laughs) So I get to like sit in this middle ground of just like, I can actually like, if I wanted to, I could like buy a cake and eat the whole thing and no one would stop me. Like that's where I'm at right now. Okay, I can I can give you a clear delineation between the two, right? So, I was 16. I did work experience at a primary school for a week. And mm-hmm. at the end Lame. of at every like lunchtime and recess, they'd have they'd ring a bell, but instead of just ringing a bell, they'd play a song for like 3 minutes before the bell would 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 sound. So it'd be like wrapping Love you it. up. Mm-hmm. And the song that they played for every lunch, I think it was. It was for one of them anyway. Was AJR's I'm Ready, right? Which oh, is no. the song that's got the, the SpongeBob sample in it. So yeah, two yeah. issues. Firstly, it was already two years old at this point, which means mm-hmm. it had been played to death by radio and we hated it by now. But the second thing is that we felt physically uncomfortable just because it felt so childish, right? Mm-hmm. I was doing this with, a, with another student, mind you. We were 16. We weren't old. We were 16. <laughs> But it was just, this was something that was popular for kids, some of whom were like six. And that was the mm-hmm. first time I really think I felt old. And yeah. I know that's, that's not yeah. really the same. And I mean, this tangent barely fits. But I just think that this, that for me was like the first clear delineation between like, oh, wow, there are people younger than me who have <laughs> yeah. nothing in common yeah. with. That was the the whole like Cole Sprouse Riverdale thing. That was the first time that I really felt old because my my little cousin is seven years younger than me, which is weird because I'm seven years younger than my sister, but it doesn't feel like that much of a difference between me and my sister as opposed to like me and my little cousin. And she literally, she I was like, 
She was like, I'm obsessed with Cole Sprouse, I love him. I seriously love him so much. I'm going to marry him one day. I love him so much. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I believe it because I used to think I was going to marry Harry Styles. And, but I was like, oh, have you seen Zach and Cody? And she goes, what's that? And I was like, oh no, I'm so old. Like, when did it become old to watch Zach and Cody? Like, Sweet Life on Deck, hello. I feel like it only ended like last year. Definitely did it. Definitely ended like a really long time ago. <laughs> you can fact check that yourself. I'm not bothering. I was a, I was a Zoe 101 kid, so this means nothing to me. Oh, Zoe 101. That, like, honestly, these shows are like insane. And the thing is, on this like 90s nostalgia website, whatever, it's like Heartbreak High, right? Which was like, I guess, on in the 90s. But it's like, if you were like born in the 90s, like, like my mom, who was not born in the 90s, but like was a teenager in the 90s, she loved Heartbreak High. That was like her absolute jam. But it's like, are you really a 90s kid if you were born in 1979? Like, no. But also, if you were born in 1990, like, would you have a crush on the guys in Heartbreak High? Probably not, because you're like three. Okay, so Heartbreak High ran between 1994 and 1996, and then 1997 and 1999, right? So, Oh my gosh, reboot. Yeah, it, it got picked up. So it was a Channel 10 show, and then got picked up by the ABC, right? But th- it, and obviously there would have been the reruns and that, but you pretty much had to be in the right age group in the middle of the 1990s. So most yeah. people, like you were saying, in the, who are 90s kids, I'm a 90s kid by five days, right? That ain't me. <laughs> Just because I was alive around the time they were rerunning Heartbreak High doesn't mean I have any memory of it. My first memory mm-hmm. was in 2001. So no. <laughs> me too. Um, it just, yeah. I don't, do you know what I am? I'll be honest, and this is total whiplash, but I'm still ruminating on this idea of the generation delineation, like when you sort of the millennial, the the, the older part of Gen, Gen Z finishes and the new bit starts. And mm-hmm. I realized when it is, it wasn't even that AGR thing. It was a year later when we we're in high school, when we we're in high school, when we we're in year 12. And we had a sit down meeting with the principal who one of the things that he talked about was 13 reasons why. And <laughs> the the whole thing about depicting suicide yeah. and what, like, what is yeah. that? And there was this moral panic over it. And I remember sitting there going, I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I could not be less interested in a teen drama on Netflix because <laughs> Netflix wasn't something I was watching at that point. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. Is this actually relevant to our age group? You're probably talking to people who are three or four years too old for the most part. I know some people did watch it, but it was like, you, you had to go back a couple of years before people were really into it. Yeah, I would say that's, like, fairly true. I mean, I definitely watched 13 Reasons Why, and I get it. But also at the same time, I think that, like, for for the people who were in our age group, like me, that did watch it, it's, like, also not as relevant because when I think of, like, peak teen angst, I'm thinking 16. I'm not thinking I'm about to turn 18. You know, like I'm thinking. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I thought you were referencing the TV show Sixteen, and I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're referencing another incredible niche show. Anim- animated Canadian teen drama show. I'm incredible like, show. Sorry, I just totally zoned out. I'm so no, sorry. but I'm thinking like that's that's okay. I accept it because I love that show. Like I will go back and watch that show to this day. Um, but like I'm 18 and I'm gonna watch like maybe this is not accurate for everyone. Maybe I'm just like. I don't know, annoying. Um, but like, I'm not watching 13 Reasons Why and being like, oh, 
that's how I feel, you know? Like, I was a little bit over my teen angst by that point, and I was like, all right, let's get out of high school and get a job. Like, let's be adults now. It's time. Yeah, we, we, when we thought we were so mature at 17 and a half, you know, we were... Oh, we my were... God, for real. Like, imagine... I literally, like, I know people... Well, not really, because, like, that's kind of gross, but, like, people who, like, are dating people who are 17 and a half that are, like, our age, and I'm like... Ooh, like how? Like, do you know how much growing there is to do? Like a redonkulous amount. Like when I think of me being 17, that's not the same person at all. Like, holy moly, guacamole. That is like 14 years of difference in a very short amount of time. Like it's gross. Yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll let the maths uh, sit and I won't challenge it. But <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on. I just, I've, been thinking about a lot this week actually and just going god i've changed so much oh just yeah almost repulsed by the person that i was back then and that's why you have the growing to do you know it's not not his fault but jesus christ (laughs) it's just yeah that's fair i was like modeling a lot of my um decisions on like geordie shaw episodes so it's like oh god maybe like I wasn't making great decisions you know <laughs> but I'm like you know she she got through it how she had to <laughs> she survived that's all that matters so I think my key takeaway um from this other than I need to go and binge watch um a lot of YouTube and go and find the Silver Sun theme song um <laughs> is that we all should be a little bit more um Let's find let's find a good a nice nice example. Christina Aguilera, "Slow Down, Baby." That's a song that's got no euphemisms in it at all. We should be no. more like that and less like Anaconda. <laughs> you would be um, incorrect in that. My main takeaway <laughs> is that life was good. I think it's still good. <laughs> Which is not my takeaway from a lot of episodes because most of the time it's life sucks. But actually, I think that life has stayed about the same and anyone who says kids these days, literally take a look at yourself in the mirror. Thank you. (laughs) That's my takeaway. (laughs) I've got a mirror behind me. Um... (laughs) All I'm saying is bring back footy tazos. That's me. I've been Jake. I don't know what that is. I'm Chloe. (laughs) And we'll see you next time on the Identity Crisis Collective podcast. Bye.